Hi, everyone, and welcome to Wise Woman Podcast number seven. In this episode, we have Corrine Summers. She is an international yoga and meditation educator, Reiki master, and coach. In this podcast, we talk about how women take on too much and how people constantly tell us to take on more. We talk about how you are only as grounded as your rituals, our morning, evening routines. We talk about autoimmune disease, goals and intention setting, breath work, Ayurveda, how to show up authentically on social media. We talk about the root chakra and are your basic needs being met. And we focus on every day taking actions towards our goals. I hope you enjoy it. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Wise Woman Podcast number seven, featuring leading voices in 2019, supporting women to fully show up, connect to their feminine authenticity and truth. I am your host, Erin Rachel Doppel, bringing light to the marriage between Eastern practices and Western psychology, while encouraging you to show up for yourself and the world around you. May this be your time to shine. May you show up. I'm super pumped about today's guest. We have Corrine Summers. She's an international yoga and meditation educator, Reiki master, wellness coach, and entrepreneur. Hi, Corey. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks, Erin. Thanks for having me. Corey and I were just talking offline about women, women and their own businesses, and women taking on too much. Corey, tell us more. Yeah, this is something that I'm finding myself talking a lot about lately, especially with my female clients who are uh, business owners and entrepreneurs and finding that really we are just taking on too much. Not only is stress uh, an epidemic in our country overall, but I think women especially have a really hard time setting boundaries for themselves and knowing when to say no or how to say no especially with demands from work and careers, whether you're a business owner or not, uh, family, friends, social media, and technology. I mean, we are living in a significantly overstimulated world, and it's just too much for people. But, you know, where do you, where do you cut it off when you have so many goals and dreams? Absolutely, and I definitely see this manifesting in my life in a really big way. I recently took a lot of my business income and I reinvested it back into my business. And some of my, you know, like closest family and friends were really baffled by that. Like, why are you reinvesting this money in your business? But I can't help but to say, you know, that's exactly what a man would do. Ah, uh, it's so true. And let me stop and tell you just for a moment that you, Aaron, are worth it. You are phenomenal. You're one of my biggest inspirations. Don't go back on your commitment to yourself by investing in your business and investing in your brand because it absolutely will pay off. So I can speak from experience. I've been having this battle with myself for the last, oh gosh, since around 2012, which was when I kind of started this whole journey towards creating my business. I've only been doing it now three years, completely full time, was a little bit of a journey, um, but it has certainly been a balance of knowing when to invest and when to dig in and making those commitments to yourself, saying that you're worth it 
thing that you're good enough, that yes to something that you know is meant for you. Um, and when it's aligned with your goals and you make that investment and that commitment, every single time it works out. It doesn't mean that there aren't hard times. On the other side of it, I still go back and forth. It's hard. After you make the commitment, sometimes you're like, oh no, did I do the right thing? Was that a mistake? Now, how am I going to afford to pay for this thing? Or you lose a client the next day or something else unpredictable happens that you would have absolutely no control over. Um, but I like to think, or at least hope to think that we have some really great tools in our toolkits of bringing ourselves back into the present moment and having a little, um, mindful understanding that we're doing the right thing. Absolutely. And that's why I think, and even yesterday I was teaching a meditation workshop and somebody was asking me about rituals and I said, your rituals are there to keep you grounded. And there is this proverb, um, you're only as good or you're only as connected as your rituals. So what are some of your rituals that help you stay super rooted, even when you maybe have these compulsive negative thought patterns? First, I just want to say I love that. That is a great quote. Um, And our rituals are so true. They are really what define us. Because the truth is, we all have habits and rituals. It's just whether or not we know about them and we're in control of them. I think one of the most important things we can do for ourselves is creating habits and rituals around our own self-care, building ourselves up, and that make us feel empowered so that we can stay strong through those moments of doubt when we make those decisions that are right for ourselves and then have the moment of doubt that you can go back to something that makes you feel grounded within yourself. Um, So for me, it's having a morning and an evening routine. I also have some things I go to throughout the day, but I really like to set and end my day with something for myself, even if it's only five minutes, 10 minutes, and I gravitate between a little yoga, it's just gentle stretching, some meditation and mindful breathing. I also really love essential oils. They're one of my favorite ways to connect with myself. Um, you know, the act of smelling them and applying them. I actually use different uh, meridians in the in the body and some Chinese medicine for where I apply mine. Um, you know, as you know, Aaron, I've been dealing with chronic some chronic autoimmune issues and Lyme disease over the last nine years as well, which is another piece of my journey. And so for me, some of these rituals are actually really tied to my health. Um, and the oils are one of those things. Put my wintergreen on my shoulders to support my heart health. I put the oregano on my spine to support my liver health. Uh, so, you know, not everybody has to get that fancy, but I think it's important to note that these things should be really personal to you and what supports your overall physical and mental health. Taking into consideration all those really cool things about you, whether you're, you know, you have other health issues you're dealing with, um, thinking up even with your your cycle. I know that's something that you talk a lot about with, um, with women, Erin, or, um, you know, things around your goals and intentions at work. They will probably always be shifting a little bit around what you need to build you up in that state of being in that moment. Absolutely. And 
of course, like especially with my female clients, I think rituals are obviously incredibly important, but they do have to match where you are in your cycle. So specific rituals in your follicular phase when estrogen is a bit higher, uh, specific rituals when you're ovulating, when estrogen and progesterone are meeting each other, specific rituals when in your luteal phase when progesterone is higher, and then resting rituals during your menstruation phase when you're bleeding. And for my men, I also tried to have uh, specific rituals for the flow of testosterone. So all of us, which is quite fascinating, and some more than others, but usually we are excited or ready to work in the morning. Maybe we need a cup of coffee. We need a couple minutes to get ready. But about 30 to 45 minutes after you wake up is a really good time to do some of your rituals. You're getting ready to start the day. What I'm noticing is 8 a.m. to about 1 or 2 p.m., people are are in flow, like they're ready to share their work. And then there's a little bit of die-off, a little quieter, sleepier. And then maybe when the sun goes down, there's another spurge of energy. So these are when I like to plant the rituals for my clients. Ah, those are great times to do it. You said at the end of the day, rather than evening, like right before bed, in the, those early evening hours around like 4 to 6 p.m.? Yes. Is another time? Yeah, I think it depends on where the person lives. So my clients in LA, it's drastically different than my clients in Chicago who are absolutely suffering from some seasonal sadness, some deficiencies in vitamin D. Thankfully, today is a sunny day, but it's the first time in a while. Um, So it is, I think, the flow of sunlight on and off, the flow of watching the flow of sunlight. And what I've been really into is encouraging all my clients to sleep in, sleep a little bit later, Mm. get that rest. Yeah. I'm also always encouraging my clients to sleep more and to nap, to sleep and to rest when you need to know, you know, to feel when you need the pause. Absolutely. So what are some of your, oh, go ahead. What are some of your tips and tricks for your clients or for attracting new clients, especially as an entrepreneur? Ooh, great question. I do deal a lot with um, goal and intention setting. Probably the top issues I deal with are uh, stress and anxiety, sleep in terms of struggles and challenges. And then on the goal side, people want to create They want to be innovative. They want to accomplish their dreams, right? Don't we all? Uh, But these things are actually really connected because in order to have the space and the mental clarity and vision and the energy to go after your dreams and to manifest, you have to first have the space, which requires you to relax a little bit, take care of yourself a little more and create the space by reducing the stress from your, you know, releasing your stresses. Number one I tell people is to go um, for in terms of creating that space are usually just simple breathing techniques. When you're feeling the, the sense of overwhelm or you're feeling stuck in a rut, in any kind of mental rut, uh, usually starting with a couple minutes of deep breathing takes you out of the stress and anxiety, right? Because our stress and anxiety is usually past-based or future-based, dwelling on something we already did that we're shaming ourselves for or beating ourselves up for, 
or worrying about something that hasn't happened yet that we also can't control. So by breathing, bringing yourself back into the present, into your breath, or a momentary meditation, bring ourselves into a more grounded place. And usually even three to five minutes helps people get out of their rut. That's a little bit of just like an immediate, I think, trick to break through stress. But in terms of then manifesting more long-term things, um, I think it's important to have a meditation pro process to continuously work on it. Uh, I have an intentions meditation that I lead people through, helping them visualize that intended outcome as if it's the current truth. Um, I know you, you follow the same practice, Erin, uh, that it's, it's so important when we want to manifest something to visualize it not as a future goal, but as if it's already the truth today, as if it's already your reality, being there now in that moment. So I'll walk people through a visualization where they can really see themselves there using all of their senses to be in that moment. And how does Ayurveda come into play in your sessions? So Ayurveda, um, you know, to be honest, I use more general principles. It depends how long I've been working with somebody if um, I really get into the doshas and and all of that. But I think the general principles of self-care and um, cyclical living, seasonal living, as well as a very personalized approach, knowing what's right for you and your body, because it's always changing. You know, we can't always listen to what our neighbors say, friends say, parents, spouses, everyone's going to have an opinion. This is why it's so important to be connected to yourself and to find ways through all these different things we've talked about, self-care practices, breathing, knowing your own breath, meditation, knowing who you are, knowing what you dream of, knowing what you want. How can you create anything in life if you don't know those things? And getting really grounded in who you are beneath the surface. Absolutely. Figuring out who you are outside of those external expectations. You know, we start out... Um, I think so closely connected to our authentic, true selves as children. And as we age and we move through difficult emotions, difficult experiences, you know, having to take on roles that maybe we never thought we would, having to deal with disappointments and judgments from the people around us and the constant opinions of the people in the world around us. Especially now with social media, I mean, oh my gosh, you have how many opinions all the time. Of course we get disconnected from who we are. Of course it's hard to figure that out. You have to do the work. You have to say, yes, I want to figure this out. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to do these things. I'm going to create these tools. I'm going to live this life. Don't you think? Yes. I mean, something I so admire, especially from you, is how authentic you are on social media. And... Um, Corey has this like really incredibly wonderful following artists in pharmacy. I will put this in the footnotes so you can check her out, but how did you start on that social media scene? How do you still share from a place of authenticity? I know it's something we all struggle with daily. You're so sweet to say that. Um, and I appreciate it because I do really try to be authentic. Um, I will say it has been, it was a lot of work to, to, to grow my account and to grow my brand. 
because I did it all based on real engagement with people, having conversations, sharing my you know health journey with uh, my autoimmune issues, sharing the growth of my business, sharing my day to day, what's helped me, what's hurt me, the lessons that I've learned. Um, you know, I was really, I think I always just spoke from my heart and tried to stay really connected to do providing value. I wanted to make sure that I wasn't just putting some random quote out there or um, something that wasn't connected to me and who I was. I really try to speak from my what has helped me the most in my own life. And I think for any entrepreneur, for anyone trying to start anything, um, you know, people always tell you this. And at first you're like, yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, but it's so true. Be yourself. Just be you. Be and, and speak from what you know. Don't try to speak from what somebody else knows. Don't go out there and get caught up in what everyone else is posting and saying because they're not you. They're not your voice. They don't have to say what you have to say. And you're not going to connect to what you have to say by reading what they have to say. You're only going to connect to you and your authentic message to what you're meant to put out there, to your, your passionate voice by going inward, by sitting down on your floor, closing your eyes, and having a moment with yourself. You've already had experiences that have taught you things. You've read all the books. You know, you've learned in different ways and areas in your life. You already have knowledge and something to share. Everyone does. Definitely recently, I've picked up a lot more business coaching clients. So men and women who are looking to do something similar to what we do and to share their great work. And we always talk about social media as it is a fabulous platform to attract clients for free. Like you don't need to do a huge sales funnel. You don't need to do any big fancy ads. Share your message, like hop on Facebook Live or Instagram stories. And the best rule of thumb that is my own personal motto as well is if you are moved by your message, it will connect to the hearts and it will move others. So if it moves you, you're speaking authentically, you're sharing your great word, and that is of highest good. Yes, the highest good. If it's connected to your highest good, Absolutely. And another Enjoy, thing that right? you and yeah, I... That's hard for people... Sorry, that's hard for people to do, though. Yeah. It's because it's usually where your triggers are. It's usually where you're most vulnerable and where your pain points are. And so it's scary to actually put that out there because it's the thing that could hurt you the most if it wasn't received well. But it's usually the thing that's received the best because it's what people actually need to hear. Yeah. And I think... There is the possibility so, okay. of a vulnerability hangover, which can happen on social media. And I think before you post or before you go into a space where you are sharing something super vulnerable, a couple things to be aware of. One, does it only affect you? Like you don't want to pull somebody underneath with you or like share a secret or some vulnerability that of somebody else that isn't yours. Um, two, does it feel safe for the world to know this about you. So would I say share your deepest, darkest secrets with the world? No, I think it's healthy for you to say, hey, I woke up this morning. I live in, a, in the Midwest. It's pretty cold. I didn't really want to get out of bed today. I'm having a rough day. I had four cups of coffee. And like, this is what I'm going with right now. And by the way, like I got a bad re review from my boss. So I'm feeling a bit down right now. 
And I think that's like a healthy space to be in. Absolutely. Thanks for bringing that up. That's a really important message about uh, also having healthy boundaries within what you share. Everybody doesn't always need to know everything. It is a balance of being authentic to your message and having those healthy boundaries in play. I think it's also important to remember that when you're building a brand on social media, so often it's it's also who you are. It, the personal and professional lines can become very blurred, but there should be some separation. If, you're, if your Instagram and your social media platforms are about your business, you can share some personal things and absolutely you know, want to be authentic and real with people, but it's okay to have certain things that you don't put on social media. And you get to decide as like the game maker of your own social media, you get to decide what voice you're going to share. And I know something else that I was thinking would be really fun for us to talk about is you and I both work a lot with the chakra system. I know I have like a whole business model based off of it. Um, And I keep going down that route even more deeper and deeper and deeper because I love that marriage between clinical psychology, the foundations of psychology in the West and the Eastern chakra system. Yeah, absolutely. It's the foundation for my coaching program too. So that's the main, uh, that's the core of how I go through the program, starting with the root chakra and working your way up. Uh, The interesting thing I'm finding is that there are so many correlations between the root chakra and our current culture of people being overstimulated um, over, basically I think everybody's ungrounded and, <laughs> and has an issue or imbalance in the root chakra because we have all of this overstimulus from a technology standpoint and just too many things that we're chasing around in our modern world. We're very disconnected from nature we're very disharmonized when it comes to us and our environment. And we're living in the fight or flight response, which is, of course, connected to the root chakra as well. People are living in this fight or flight response, sitting in their office chairs, being consistently triggered by technology, by emails, by negative responses in, on the phone or on whatever with this live current of stress hormone then being triggered in their body, running up and down their body as they just sit stuck in their chairs, what's going to happen? Yep. Stuck energy. Stuck energy, like overstimulation. Absolutely. It's so funny that you explain it like that because I also – so I always equate the base of the spine to the base of Maslow, Abraham – Maslow's hierarchy, so the basic needs, um, the the triangle that we're all familiar with from psychology in middle school, and I I usually equate it to understimulation. So like yes, there's a lot of stimulation, but it's as if you're rooted and you're moving throughout the day and you're not inspired and you're not creative and you're just the way it feels to me or how it felt. About eight years ago when I started doing this work is I was just so understimulated. It was like a disinterest. 
And like that was my rooting and that was my grounding. So I find it. So one of my first, I find that so interesting. And one of my first questions when I work with somebody is, are your basic needs being met? That's a great question. Is the answer usually yes or no? It's a, yeah, it's always no. Yeah, always I don't, yeah. like if someone's like, yeah, like everything's great. I don't know if they would be with me. Yeah, well, I guess that's, that's true. Um, but I think for most people, the answer is no. You know, I guess maybe we should back up and talk a little bit about the root chakra, right? It's about grounding, stability, our safety and security. Like you said, Maslow's need, hierarchy of needs. I also talk about it in that same way. Um, but as I understand it, it's very connected to the fight or flight response in the body, which we are, again, I mean, I don't know the exact number, but most Americans, especially in our culture here in the United States, are living in near constant fight or flight. So I guess it could go either way when it comes to understimulus or overstimulus. But I think when it comes to the world that we're living in, most people have chronic fight or flight response, chronic low of stress release, stress hormone release in their bodies, and they don't even know it. They've become so disconnected to what it feels like to be relaxed that they just consistently live in that stress state. And so, and then we have a lot of movement as well around some of those things. People change jobs a lot. People change houses a lot. Money seems to become increasingly important, but people are growing less in financial areas. And so all of those base needs, and then those are fear, all, that's all fear related as well. So I feel we're living in a very ungrounded, fearful, stress-triggered world. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you're listening to this and this is concerning to you or interesting to you, we urge you to check in, look at your base, like see how you're connecting. Are your basic needs being met? Do you feel like you're overstimulated with your flight, fright, or freeze? And to breathe Don't into be afraid space. to rest. Yeah. Don't be afraid to rest. A grounding mindfulness practice that really helps me when I do feel like I'm overstimulated as I picture golden braided roots from the base of my tailbone moving through the floor into the ground and connecting to the earth's core. And this little mindfulness visual, which even right now as I'm sitting here talking to you, staying really rooted in that and providing something I would call white light or golden energy glowing from the base of my tailbone. I love the golden roots to the core of the earth. That's a really beautiful, pouring yourself to the root of the earth is actually a really strong visual that makes you feel quite powerful, I think. I usually use with the root chakra a red, a red orb, at the, which is you know the color of the, the root chakra at the base of the spine. And I also really like repeating an affirmation as you imagine all of your energy flowing to that area of the body. So imagining all your energy flowing to the base of your spine, feeling yourself rooted and grounded into whatever you're sitting on or if you're standing, feeling your feet grounded in the floor, and then repeating, I am safe and secure. I am safe and secure. Very simple. I'm safe and secure. Be a nice, gentle reminder. Even hearing you saying that, I feel safe and I feel secure. 
And it is such a healing, helpful reminder. Corey, thank you. And I know you and I started in similar industries. We were both in the corporate scene and then we both traveled abroad to Asia. <laughs> and what was that spark? What really convinced you or what was that feeling like where you finally showed up and booked that plane ticket and pursued this path? Uh, you know, I think it was just kind of a perfect storm of, of things. I reached a point of very high stress in my corporate career and something really big happened and um, I decided to take an opportunity. The Basically, the company I was working for was fell apart and they were deciding to, um, the partners were going their own ways and so I was going to find a new a new job within the same space and my heart wasn't in it. So I spent four months doing something I'd always wanted to do, backpacking by myself through Nepal, India, Tibet, uh, Sri Lanka. I volunteered at an orphanage. I broke myself, <laughs> broke down all of my, you know, crazy stressed out ways, studying yoga and meditation, spending 10 days in silence at an ashram in India. I dug into all of these Eastern traditions and techniques that I had just started studying in like the, the couple of years before in the U.S. And they intrigued me. Before that, I was a really, I was like more of a CrossFit marathon running type of person and uh, injured myself and was told I could only do yoga. And that was my first little peek into it. And then flash forward a few years later, I found myself in that moment of I had a choice to make and I chose to take the adventure route. And after that trip and everything that I learned when I came back to my corporate career here, I just, there was always that uh, nagging feeling that I was supposed to be doing something different. And I couldn't get away from how much the tools had helped me in my life you know, as I, as I came back and reintegrated into my life here and I stayed working in the corporate world for a while and took all the certifications I needed, started teaching part-time, made the small steps, made, you know, made the, the journey. Um, but it was, I think just the feeling in my heart that I was supposed to be doing something different that really kept me going as crazy is that sounds a lot of people told me I was doing the wrong thing, that I shouldn't give up my, you know, very comfortable, financially comfortable corporate job that looked so good on paper. And not that there's anything wrong with having a corporate job for some people that is their path. But for me, my heart always told me that there was something else and I could see it very clearly for myself. And it was like, I just had to fill in the, dis the distance and like I could just very clearly feel this the future that I was supposed to have, that I was supposed to be doing this business. There were little signs everywhere that other people couldn't see, but they kept me on the, on the path. So if you're someone that, that doesn't sound crazy to, <laughs> that also feels those little heartstrings pulling at something, don't be afraid of it. Explore it. Amen. I'll have some of that. And I, I totally agree. It is, yeah, it's like really radical to show up for yourself. And I think people look at 
my business and people probably look at your business and they think, oh, like, how did this happen? And it did not happen overnight. It took many, many years. It took a lot of time of like living in silence in India. Like it took a lot of time <laughs> of sitting with yourself and breaking down those barriers and saying, all I want to do is show up. It's the only thing that seems exciting and interesting to me. So well done. It's the inner work. It's the inner work for sure. And I think it's still, it's daily. Like every day I still catch myself, which is why I'm so passionate that if you do have something that you're working on, put it in your phone, have your alarm go off every single hour, help it realign you. If you're manifesting something or you have a goal, you're trying to overcome a negative thought pattern, use I am statements. I am showing up. I am gentle and kind to myself, especially when I was... I am, I am enough yeah. is one of my favorites as well as every day I take action towards my goals. That's one of my favorite reminders. Every day I take action towards my goals. Sometimes it feels like you could never do enough because there's always more to do. But if you're taking action every day, you can be proud of who you are. You can be proud of that you're doing that. And, you know, you're, you're moving, you're moving along the path. It's also important to enjoy, enjoy that you're on the path. And that it's a little bit of a journey. I wish I would have done that a little bit more. I felt like I was in a big rush. I'm, I'm doing it more now. I'm practicing that now in my current, the current part of my journey. Cause I know it's not over. I still have a long way to go. Do you find yourself doing the same? Oh, I'm just at the beginning. I feel like, oh yeah. Like I, I'm getting ready. I'm building this new curriculum right now. I'm launching a mindfulness certificate program that's going to be virtual and meeting in Costa Rica. Like I'm just starting, it feels like. And everything before this was amazing, incredible, and interesting. Interesting. And it was the it was the pregame. So this is yeah, yeah, this is the big climax. I completely agree. But did you enjoy are you enjoying it? You're enjoying the day to day, right? Because yes. you know that it's like, have you gotten there where you know Yes, I have all these big goals, these huge things I'm working on. I do too. I'm doing a workshop series for Webin uh, Entrepreneur Magazine and um, bringing new people into my coaching program every week and filming a lot of online content for Meditation Live, the app that I'm working for, as well as starting a speaker circuit with them. So it's like, you know, it just keeps getting better and more exciting, but I think at least now I know that just because there are these bigger goals down the road doesn't mean even on the hard days, I can't find something to enjoy and that the journey is the best part. Like I love being able to look back and say, yeah, look at how much has been done, but also enjoy what you're doing in the moment of the day to day. Absolutely. And finding that joy day to day, I think, I mean, for me, it's my morning beverage in the morning. It's having the alarm go off or naturally waking up and laying on my back and going into Supta Baddha Konasana, having the soles of my feet together, welcome, welcoming my soul back into my body and practicing some deep lower belly breaths. I definitely enjoy that. I enjoy cuddling with my partner. I love, I adore my clients and working with them. Uh, they're some of the, the coolest humans ever. So every day it's really fun and interesting to connect with them. And then especially for me, after being nomadic for so long, to be in Chicago a bit more regularly and to have 
like my coffee shop or my like the place where I like to meet people or like the co-working space that I visit or being able to see my family regularly. Yes, like I relish in these moments. It's it's a new conversation of thriving. Ah, I like that word too. It is. It does feel like truly thriving. It's because mind, body, spirit are connected and aligned. That's beautiful. Search your goals. So Corey, if you had the ears of all the women in the world and you got to share any little piece of wisdom with them, what would you like to say? I would just say such a big question to only give one piece of advice, but just to start the journey of figuring out what it means to be at home in your own body, in your own self, figuring out for you, only you can do that work. Start the journey, no matter where you are. Figure out what makes you feel at home within yourself. Figure out when you need to push and when you need to rest. And remember that even the heart pumps blood to itself first before it pumps blood to the rest of the body. So it's not selfish to take care of yourself. It's not selfish to have goals or have dreams and to do things for you because you're freaking worth it. Be the heart. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Thanks for sharing your wisdom. Thank you. Thanks for being one of my personal biggest inspirations. Love you so much, Erin. Thanks, Corey. If you resonated with this podcast, please leave a comment. Please subscribe. That's currency in the podcast world. I will leave Corey's Instagram, her website, all these fun different ways to connect with her. Thank you all so much for tuning in and we hope to chat with you soon.